<laughs> Where did we leave off? We were talking football. Is that what we're talking about? Football? Now we're talking about uh so we had the man Tis, you know, he was telling us you know, hey, he discovered 10th Planet and that was a group he wanted to oh, be around. Right. That was, you know, that they was after success. That's but you're talking about right. after he said he he did a, a year of college football and then some arena football. Yeah. Which what college did you go to? I went to uh, Kentucky Christian University, small NAI school in Grayson, Kentucky. Oh, right on. Yeah. Okay. And you were there just for a year? Just for a year. Yeah. I didn't. I'm not very good at school. <laughs> Neither am I. Ball is life. <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah, yeah. Ball is life. I thought that if I just played sports and worked out and was good on the football team, that they'd keep me around. And they didn't. They didn't oh. let me go. <laughs> so. Damn. Yeah. So that, that that's when you uh, when when did you go to Decatur though? Uh, so I've lived in like Decatur area since I was twelve. I was born in California, and then I moved to Nevada when I was eight, and then I moved to Alabama when I was twelve. Oh damn! So you've been all over the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the church that we use for the PGF, right? Uh, whenever we lived in Las Vegas, the owners of that church had came to Las Vegas. They helped start up a church. Him and my dad became super good friends. They moved back out to Alabama, and then they somehow conjured my parents moving out to Alabama. Oh, damn. From Vegas? Mm -hmm. So they were, like, part of the church when it started up. I don't think that, like, they don't no longer go there or anything, but, uh, yeah, they were part of that buildup. Yeah, man, got to get away from the heathens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's That's kind of like – to be like – go ahead. I was just saying that's kind of like my parents' idea. My family in California is fucking crazy. They just, you know, what I'm saying they do it. They do a lot. And then we moved to Vegas, and it was super crazy there. And the pitch that sold my dad was like, Alabama is nothing like these other places. Like your kids can play in the yard until 12 at night if they want. You know what I mean? It's not that big of a deal. In Vegas, it was like, yo, kids in by six. Like no, no way we're staying out past the past the, the sunlight. Oh damn. Well, I mean, you were young, so you probably yeah. didn't. It didn't affect you too bad. Nah, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, well. And as go a ahead. parent now, I think I would go ahead and agree that I would rather not raise my children in Las Vegas. Yeah, and versus it, not, a, a smaller town that's a little more relaxed. Yeah, it's not like Las Vegas was super crazy or anything bad. It's not like I was hearing gunshots at night, but it was just like. Hey, we're gonna do. We're gonna take these precautions just in case. Yeah, it's better because think about it this way, right? Your parents were like this. So, like, we want to raise the kid tis, right? Because before the mantis, he was the kid tis. They're like, do we want to raise the kid tis where Tupac was shot and killed, or do we want to go to somewhere where the worst thing that happens is the best chicken spot is closed on Sundays? Mm, let's go there. That's probably what they thought, Big Dog. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Oh my god. Ah, uh, Miggy. Yes. Okay. Right on. <laughs> the kids. Just... That, that one put a smile on Steven. So that, that must have been I'm a good one. trying not to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ruin it, bro. That was good. That was good. That was good. Yeah, okay. that was good. Worry, He's on fire. With the joke, bro. Thank you. Andrew, not only was it the good, he's, he, there was no interruption. He just he just went through it. Mm-hmm. He well, stopped winding. Yeah, we got we to gotta let him go. Usually... No, that his jokes are not no bueno. But hey, listen, I have like learned a, a 12 because cucumbers ratio, twelve failed. Yeah, hey, that, I'm scarred for that. He's doing better since then. We had to brush him up a little bit yep. and tell him how it is. Now he's fucking funny. It, it took Hansel Kevin <laughs> launching a cucumber at me on accident. Right? He acted Projectiles. too well. That's that's what got me, dog. Yeah, he was really pissed. He, he wasn't acting. Sense. 
He's a method actor. They're really, really big <laughs> cucumbers. These pickles. <laughs> oh, that would have burned. Just go yeah. put some pickles on somebody's eyes. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was cucumbers. <laughs> it's like, bro, you don't know your veggies? What's up? It's like, I mean, yeah, we can tell you don't eat many of those. Oh, know your veggies, bro. So, all right, behind the scenes bit. I almost fucked up the bit. I went to Walmart when we were looking for robes the first night. I asked the produce worker, yo, where's the cucumbers? This dude hands me zucchinis. I'm like, I don't know. I just take it. At this point, I don't know. The, the, the worker told me this. How am I going to doubt the man that works produce? Me, Bro, that would have been better. I right? wish you would have brought the zucchinis. Yes. Right. No, I told Wall, I was like, Wall. I would have used them, bro. You give me some yellow squash, I'll put That's those commitment. babies on. Let's go. That's commitment, right? Whatever handsome kid says. He True comes up to me at Walmart. He's like, the guy gave me this. And I'm like, those are, that's not cucumbers, bro. That's awesome. I was like, hey, man, like this is a, man's life. He was like in a star shape and everything. I was like, like, man, yeah. Alabama can, cucumbers, dude. It's like, we can tell you don't eat cucumbers because <laughs> you don't even know what they look like. Or bro, everyone saw me. They're like, whoa, you're bigger in person. Hell yeah, look at my belly. You know, everything else. Like, I'm pretty huge in person, dog. Tall. That's a huge bitch. They're like, yo, man, he shops at big and tall. Huge emphasis on the big. You know, that's what they said when they saw me. All right, so Travis. Uh, I'll, I'll oh, here we go. Here we there go. go. You know, back on the We all back in. We're back in. I have to do this occasionally, guys. I'm sorry. I was good for a while. All right, so Travis, every submission you had was different. Correct. What was, was that? Uh, do you have like a bingo card? What was going on there? Uh... <laughs> I don't, so I don't really like have a way that I like to play. Uh, Brandon, I, I mean, I feel like I learned a lot of things from Brandon. Obviously, that's where I train. Uh, he always just talks about like letting people pick how they die. And that's kind of my way of playing. I, I think that I can get any sub. I try to practice them all. I don't usually like just go in the gym and get 40 leg locks or 40 rear naked chokes. I play the game from bottom. I play it from top. I play it from wrestling. So. However you want to die, I try to make sure that my technique is good enough to finish you in all ways so that I don't have to look for a certain place. Travis, sorry, can I cut it with something along that same line? That's interesting. Uh, just with my personal uh, like background, also being with MMA and stuff, uh, I felt like back when, when I was at your level of, of learning two or three years in, four years in, we were being taught a lot of the jujitsu things to avoid. No, don't do this. No leg locks. Try to just wrestle up. Don't play guard. Uh, are you are you just not getting any of that kind of and not in a bad way, but like, are you not really learning that style of jujitsu for MMA as well? You're just going to kind of use that same mindset to where you're going to just kind of let it develop that way and, and let it come however it comes. Yeah. Um, so when I first started, like jujitsu was the main thing that I was training, 10 Flat Decatur didn't really have an MMA program. So I kind of just like fell straight into jujitsu and I kind of fell into like loving the guard. I really like playing from my back. It's comfortable for me. Uh, and then I feel like I developed that in MMA because we didn't have really an MMA coach. So I just kind of played MMA from the bottom. And I feel like now I feel safe on the bottom. I understand that it's not the winning position, but I feel like I'm not going to get my ass beat. Why did that just happen? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you said winning and all of a sudden. I, oh, just, I think it's 
It's the new iPhone thing. I did double thumbs up, and I think. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bro. That threw me off. That was perfect, though. It it said at the most perfect time, man. Like, I I was like, man, this dude's speaking words. (laughs) Like, the whole world lit up when he said that. I was like, I I believe. I believe. (laughs) But, uh, so, I've kind of just, like, I now I'm fucked up. Um, <laughs> I, I feel super safe from the bottom. So like part of my game is understanding that if things do get too difficult, I do feel safe at the bottom and I can play a game from there. I understand that jujitsu in MMA is way different. Um, the way that I'm trying to switch that now is not just going straight to the bottom, but knowing that if I end up on the bottom, I'm not in that big of a, in, in that big of trouble. No, I definitely understand that. I think that's going to make your stand-up game probably more comfortable, too, when you're not so worried about the takedown and everything. You know, uh, given time, you'll balance all this stuff out, I'm sure, too, man. I just thought that was a really interesting thought process because we were really, really, really beat into some of that stuff. Don't do this. You should never do that. You should never do that. But now we see, you know, if if the guy knows how to use that stuff appropriately at the right times, that it's just as successful in the MMA world as it would be, you know, in a regular jiu-jitsu match. Yeah. I'm racing against the sun. I got this little yeah. beam behind me blocking the sun, and every five <laughs> minutes it keeps popping out. So, hey, uh, I, of all your submissions, go ahead. Do you have a favorite one from the season? Uh, I think the dead orchard right off the rip was pretty sick. I uh, I don't think it's like that crazy of a move. I think like especially if you know the setup, like it shouldn't be that hard. I just think it is a pretty dominant move well, when you have somebody well, stuck dude. in there like that. I say props of in a tournament, it's not the easiest thing to hit, right? It's like in a roll, whatever, but. There's just something about it, right? The complexity of the move that just when you have a crowd watching, you're like, well, I hope I get this. And dude, you knock it off the park. Yeah, I uh, I feel like the idea, too, of those submissions, like I think John Donaher says, you know, you should use submissions that have the highest percentage rate, like rear naked chokes and triangles and arm triangles. Those are like your most successful submissions and you should stick to those. Uh, I feel like. I agree with that in the sense that they do work, but the problem is everybody sees those all the time. You can find a guy at a bar who knows a rear naked choke. So it's going to, it seems like everybody's going to know that defense a lot better, but then you start putting people in the rubber guard to start using like the dead orchard or the omoplatas and stuff like that. And it's it's not as familiar. So people start making more mistakes. Mm -hmm. And when you're playing that game, if you give them like a way out or an idea to go somewhere, it seems like they'll take it a lot easier because they haven't been in that position a lot. Yep. I'd say, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your your submission against Matt Elkins. I mean, he's one of your coaches, so that that had to be uh, kind of interesting. And I, I thought that was like your 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 big uh, announcement that that you were there to play. You know, to, to yeah, play. yeah. Um, I feel like Matt's super game, so that was super fun. We roll all the time in the gym. Uh, I feel like I feel like I could have finished him with the leg lock. I entered in on the leg like right at the beginning, and I had just talked to him in the back, and that was his hurt knee. And he was, I told him like, yo, if I get on your leg, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna attack the leg. Like, that's not cool. You are my coach. I would rather us be like healthy after this than get a win off of that. So uh, that was cool. And then I got the arm bar and his, he keeps saying that his finger got stuck in my rash guard, but I feel like it was just a really nice setup, super quick arm bar. And I thought it felt awesome right in the moment. Like as soon as I subbed him, I was like, oh, so sick. And then once it got done and they raised my hand, I was like, damn. I it's like when you beat up your dad. Like everybody wants to beat up their dad until they beat up their dad. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, fuck. I just beat up my dad. 
<laughs> so come on, do the thumbs up phone. That, that was perfect. Your phone is your height. <laughs> yeah, it's ready. I gotta Man. find this new iOS. Listen, so that was like it's the. I guess you call it what did you call it? A shotgun armor shotgun. is is what people mm-hmm. call it. But it's basically just like Ashi on the yeah. on the arm, right? Is what mm-hmm. it looked like watching it the, back or whatever. It's pretty slick. Yeah, the setup, the the idea is it or of it is that when I get that arm through, I have the arm bar on that side, and most people rip the arm out, and then you have like the I don't know most most names, but like some leg spaghetti. Yeah, the bottom side triangle actually, because you get that leg over their shoulder, and then when they rip their arm out, they're one arm in, one arm out, and then you just shoot that bottom leg up, and then you can play the Kimura trap on the other side. Nice. Okay. Man, okay. that sounds like you got you got some elaborate setups. Oh man, I think uh, I think I understand the game of jujitsu very well. I think my problem is is that I'm so young in it. I don't know the names of everything, so like I can't always translate what I'm thinking. But like I. I feel like my superpower in jujitsu is I feel the body very well. I know my body very well. Somebody can show me a move once or twice, and then I can go replicate it. The problem is I just can't always, like, transfer that to people, which kind of hurts me because I can't just sit here and think about jujitsu in, like, a term way. Like, I can't think of all the names and all the setups and all the things. Now, like, when I'm touching somebody, I feel very, very good. But I just – I'm that same way still, man. Like, yeah, a lot of times people come to me with like the names and stuff and I'll have to just ask them to show me or let me like feel it with them or something like that. And I definitely learn a lot more about feeling it too. I can see it and get it, but definitely when I feel it and go through it a lot more, I'm more of a feel guy too. So I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing overall, especially knowing your body type versus how this other guy does it is like, you know how to do your game. And uh, at the end of the day, that's probably what's most important. Yeah, I don't um, – I'm like your typical purple belt. I don't drill. But I haven't probably drilled since about like six months into blue belt. I uh, I just like live training. And then uh, like me and Scaff do sessions by ourselves on Tuesdays and Thursdays, like MMA, whether it's striking or jiu-jitsu, we always do a little something. And he'll give me ideas to play with, and then I'll take them into the live setting, and then I'll come back with questions. I, I have like a hard time sitting in class and doing the same move for an hour because most of the time I pick up on the move after the first two reps. And then I just need to figure out where I'm messing up in a live session. I don't, I don't need to like sit there and keep trying to do the same thing. I just need to like figure out why it won't work in a live session. Then ask Scaff like, okay, this is what I'm running into. Like his weight's not going the way I want it to, where am I messing up? Then I'll come back with the answer. And then I go back to live training. I think that's good. I think that's a really good way. There are a lot of people that are kind of leaning that way more overall. I think they call it the like ecological approach if you're like a big brain person you may know more about that or not but it's it's a sports science thing mm-hmm. um i'm not well versed enough in all of it to to really say much but it's definitely an interesting concept uh of where you do that like an athlete like yourself somebody who's really like an athlete can just kind of get it and then you don't need to know everything you just need to know what you need to know yeah, uh, yeah. versus like the hobby person the the everyday man who's coming in and loves jujitsu they just they, they're picking up techniques they want to get as much you know as they can maybe and get some rolls in and, and you know stuff yeah. like that so so yeah i think i think it's a really interesting concept especially because like he said you have a good coach that's not just letting you do whatever on your own you guys are giving actual live feedback to the specific mm-hmm. problems that you're having so yeah. I, I think that's that's good man that's cool yeah scaff does a super good job of like being 
a coach that understands his athletes. Uh, I think Nakaya's grown out of it a little bit, but like Nakaya and me were so different on like the competition scale where when Nakaya's competing, Scaff won like she wants a lot of instruction. Uh, or through her training, she wants a lot of instruction on like, hey, this is what you do here, this is what you do there, this is what you do there. I'm more of like kind of like an artist, man. I, I want to go in there and I want to paint the picture that I want to paint and I don't really want the guidelines that you want to give me. I want I want there to be an idea if I get stuck. Like if you see me in a stuck position, like, hey, maybe you should try this. But like Scaff does a really good job of just letting me be free and then coming back when it's like when we're not in training and saying like, hey, maybe you should look at these things and then just letting me go off again and paint my pictures. Paint some pretty pictures, right, Steven? Mm -hmm. Yeah, listen, that's speaking my language over here. Listen, I uh, I've been in for what, 15, 16, 17 years, I think by now. And, and I still don't don't understand a lot of things like my coaches try to get me to understand concepts and, you know, how to set up somebody. And I'm still like, uh, I feel like somehow it, it, it just does does not compute in my head. Yeah. So, yeah. man, it's no, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, so go ahead. it's really very cool going on. So it's really interesting, right? How uh, Scaff was also a college athlete, right? Yeah, he played soccer. Yeah, there you go. So it's actually pretty interesting, right, to see that both of you guys working because you guys have a different understanding towards sports versus mm -hmm. the like, like Dream was saying, right, the hobby guy. You know, and it's actually pretty cool, reflective to see what you guys are able to do, how you're able to experiment, how you're able to apply it. And, you know, you're showing a different use case of jujitsu. Like even guys that are competitive, they don't even do this, right, because they maybe approach it, like, you know, like you said, like a more instructional standpoint. But the way you're doing it, man, it's like it's wild. Where you're what, four years into training, you said. Uh, it'll be three years in February. Three, dude, three years and you're doing this, bro. Like, my God, you know, that's, I had to hype that up there, but that's, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I feel like I, I, I understand the principles of jujitsu. I don't really focus on, that's like my favorite, like you guys saying my favorite submission. I don't really have one because I don't focus on like killing people in certain ways. I just, I understand the principles in jujitsu and they revolve from every position. Most things that happen in one position are the same things that happen in another position. And it's just finding the correlation between the two. And I feel like I understand that more than some people come into jujitsu and they just like, they want to figure out how to kill everybody in every single way. And that's like, not really the game of jujitsu. You don't, you don't like play chess and just figure out how the queen works you figure out how their pieces work against your pieces and how all your pawns work and how all, like your both both your knights you, you got to figure out every single piece of the puzzle and when you figure out every single piece you can understand how their pieces work and then what ways fight against others the best do you do, you do a lot of like tape study or i mean with I, I, watch MMA? My, I watch myself a lot okay i film i try to film myself almost every session and then go back and watch my roles not really for like highlights but just to see the the problems mm. that i'm having and, so and, and obviously to say, God damn, I look good in that role. <laughs> I'm, I'm very self-critical. I, I feel like I always look like shit. I, I think I think a lot of people have that problem that 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 do something that's creative. Yeah. It's never good enough. You know, yeah. it's like you're always looking for that little thing that's going to put it over and be like, OK, I got yeah. this now. For sure. I, I have that, that same issue. I suffer from from fucking imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, oh, like like nothing I do is ever good enough for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like yep. people can say, uh, oh, that's great, man. You did that. But I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's I don't know what it is. It's a true artist, but, man. Artists are never, never satisfied with their work. You know, yes. 
Sorry, cut it in again. There's one thing I thought that was just interesting. As a again, like trying to relate it to this stuff, it's really interesting to hear you speak. You know, you're definitely an up and coming athlete that's you know making a lot of noise. So as a coach who has other people that are you know on on the come up in their own ways and stuff, uh, the 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 difference between you and Akai was an interesting topic too because I, I noticed that. <clears throat> I have students that want to basically kind of have their hand held in a way through everything and really be walked through the processes of everything, just like very deliberately. So that way they feel like they have a great understanding of it. And I have some guys who just kind of like to study freelance and come in and do live training days and get all the live work in and stuff, but don't really come to a lot of the really structured dead drilling kind of classes because for whatever, they just don't get it. They don't enjoy it. It doesn't really like spark that like thing for them. Uh, and, and that's a little frustrating as the coach sometimes uh, sure. if you don't understand it or if the person's like, you know, a little bit off in ways. Uh, but it's definitely been something I've noticed that that is real and, and how to navigate it with each athlete is it's difficult. So, you know, like kudos to SCAF, too, for being able to recognize that and doing doing the work with you guys to help push that through. That's really cool. Yeah, I think um, something that Miggy said that was like he was talking about SCAF being an athlete as well. Uh, SCAF is crazy because he has the best of both worlds. Scaff was, I mean, and he's not like top superior athlete. You know, it's not like he was out there jumping a 12 on the broad jump test or 50, 50 inch vertical, but he was an athlete. So he understands the sports, but at the same time, he's like a scientist in the aspect of like sports analysis. He's always looking at the new things and he understands the sport. And he, I mean, he's, he's a genius. Um, But I feel like what, back to what you were saying, just like, just like in school, where each student learns different, I feel like it's on the athlete to figure out how he learns. Uh, what What's the best way for him to increase his growth in the sport, whether that is drilling, watching YouTube, or coming to live training rounds. I think it's also on the coach to understand that every athlete is different and figure out his athletes. Uh, like spend time with your athletes so you can understand not just how they are in the sport, but out, how they are outside of the sport so you guys can communicate a lot better. Uh, me and Scaff are best friends. I hang out with him every single day. I talk to him on the phone. Every time I do something, I let him know. Like, we're super close. So, like, he understands me, not just in the sport, but outside of the sport. So, we have, like, a lot better communication. I know that's obviously going to be hard if you have 50 athletes. It's going to be hard to talk to all 50 athletes. But uh, I think that's why Scaff kind of stepped down from the teaching everybody to, like, no, I just want to be the coach. I want to take all the athletes here, and I just want to be their coach. The ones that want to work with me, I'll for sure work with them. The ones that don't. That's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> pardon me, for, for people who might be just joining us now, obviously we have Travis Thomas, the Mantis here, uh, standout from PGF season five. Uh, you know, you, you were the, the runner up in the regular season and then a semifinalist uh, in, in the finale tournament. Uh, can you just kind of explain to the people a little bit about the, your, your experiences with the PGF this season? Uh, man, the PGF was super awesome. I think, um, I was contemplating on not doing the PGF because I was really trying to make my pro debut. Uh, I mean, I've been trying to do it all this year. I mean, I wanted to go to Thailand at the beginning of the year. My passport still fucked up. I didn't do like a very good job of like checking up on my passport, but once it didn't come in, I just kind of was like, ah, fuck it, whatever. Ended up going to Vegas, doing some training. Uh, But then since about June, I've been really like, talking to promoters, hey, let me get a fight, let me get a fight. I've had a couple guys say yes, and then last minute they back out. Well, November 4th, I was going to make my pro debut, and 
three weeks before dude backed out and they're like but don't worry we got another but that was already like the fourth dude and brandon was like man if you do the pgf you're gonna make more money and you're gonna have a better chance to like push your name out there like i think that this this season of the pgf will be better than one fight for your pro debut and I thought about it for a couple of days and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it because every time that I've like said like, no, I'm going to make the fight. We get to fight week. Dude pulls out. I'm shit out of luck. There's another four months where I haven't done a competition, but $1,100 first day of the PGF crazy. That's way more than I would have made for my pro debut already. Right. I mean, right there, even if I didn't do anything else in the PGF, that was already better than my pro debut. But then I got to come out and I did show out. I did good. I didn't do as good as I wanted to, but I, I did fairly well. I didn't get subbed. I lost in overtime, something I got to work on. But so many opportunities have came up of it. I got to talk to three or four, no, four or five different companies on like different sponsorships now. My name is out there. Tons of people watch the PGF. When I went to the Midwest Finishers, there was like seven people that were like, damn, dude, I seen you in the PGF. You was killing it. Uh, something about the PGF, though, that I took lightly was how much it was going to be. Uh, I said in the beginning, like, oh, I'm not worried about the four days of competing. I do this every day in the gym. Like, I get to train with Sawyer Griffin. I don't know if you understand this, but Saw Dog is a fucking madman. And while I do love training with him, me and him go to war. Like, the, every time I roll with him, I want to kill him after the round. Like, I just got to, like, <laughs> slap punk, walk away for a second because I want to beat his ass. So like, I was like, ah. The, the four days of jujitsu isn't going to be that bad. And I'll tell you, after day one, I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> I don't know why this is so hard, but I am exhausted already. So, so you, can't, you, can't, you can't pinpoint what, what the difference was that, that, man, made, that made it hard. The, the competition speed, just, just the idea of being in competition is way different. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's your mind. Like, I fight, so I go and get punched in the face. So it's not as scary. Right. When I'm going into the match, I'm not like, oh, fuck. Uh, what happens if this guy knocks me out? I mean, worst case scenario, he puts me in a choke. I tap out. He puts me in a heel hook. I tap out easy. But still, I don't like losing. I am a competitor. I, I said like, oh, man, I had a great season. Good job. Come I'm not even mad. Look how far I made it. Went home and sat in my shower for 30 minutes. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, I'm just a competitor. So like knowing that there is the idea that you can lose, it's not, hey, tap out. What's reset? It's you know, two dudes were like, who, who's the man? So like, that is a different speed and it does wear on you a lot more than you'll think it does. So <clears throat> Steven's talked about this before, but the PGF is, is the gauntlet, as we always say, the Shark Week of Jiu-Jitsu. So every competitor has three matches a night for four nights in a row uh, and, and try and accumulate those points. I mean, Steven, maybe talk about your experience with it. No, it's definitely the, the, the same thing you said right there too, you know, uh, going in, it's like, oh man, I do rolls all the time you know I've, I've been in competition classes with tough guys and where every round's hard every night you know coming from san diego being out there with those guys similar to how you said with saw dog that was me and sloan climber a lot of the times we you know best buddies but we would fist fight during every jiu-jitsu match basically trying to pull each other's heads off and stuff trying to be trying to be the best man everybody wants to wants to be the best and it's not adversarial but you you need that to really be pushing each other and stuff uh, the the big thing I thought for me and, uh, and that I've noticed too for the PGF stuff for a lot of people, the competition part is hard, but it's it's the mental side of it from having to be there all day, every day. And you have to be on 
the whole time because you never know is this guy sizing me up is he out talking to me this way to try to like get some information or or to to trick me into doing something is then the show's on there's a camera here you know do i need to act a certain way and then you know all these different things and that goes on for a whole week plus the matches so that's i think so much of a mental load whereas on tournaments or mma fights you go you may have the weigh-in night and the event day and that's kind of all that you deal with in one stretch but this is a straight five or six days pretty much of non-stop press and cameras in your face and also athletic competition and i want to say i think it helped me out being at home i think that's another factor to the athletes that are staying in the airbnb i got to go home every night get on my computer hang out with my boys jump in my shower lay in my bed eat my food pet my dog all these other dudes are like calling their girls you know what i'm saying she came my girlfriend came down stayed the last night with me like i was at my spot so while i still was tired like i still had a lot of reassurance at my house I can go sit at my parents' house. So that was super good for me. I feel like that adds on too. So like for the next seasons where they're not doing it in somebody's hometown, that could be another factor in making you even more tired. No, definitely. The the season we did it, uh, a lot of the guys stayed in the gym. That was when they had a lot of the beds that they got and put in the different offices and things like that for guys. And uh, I, I, I popped from my own room that, that week when I was competing because I was like, I can't mentally, I could not deal with it. At that for that long without being able to get away for at least some point in time to just be by myself and, and like not deal with all that. So definitely, I think that would be a big boost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I I actually lived in the gym for about two or three months. Uh, I think about like last year sometime, uh, and that that was kind of the same idea. It wasn't competition, but. I was in the gym so much that I was like, holy shit, I have to get my own spot. Like there was never a time it didn't felt like I was training or talking about jujitsu or, and like, I love jujitsu. Don't get me wrong. I I'll go watch the most, the most perfect match where people are using so much technique and it's two and a half hours long, but no one's like, I love that. That's cool. It's super cool puzzle to me. But at the same time, like, fuck. I got to smoke a joint or something at my house. You know, I got, I got to be away. I cannot just sit here for hours on end. No, definitely. So what, what was your favorite part about the PGF experience? Hmm. I, uh, I think that I, I love seeing people being together and having a good time. Like, that makes my heart happy. I love when people are loving each other and there's a ton of happiness in the room and people are joking and no one's upset about the jokes. Uh, I feel like the community of jujitsu is a really nice one. And just seeing everybody coming out together and hang out for a week where no one really knew each other, but everybody became somewhat friends. I, I don't, I wouldn't say no to these guys are my friends. I like, I don't text them or stuff, but like everybody was friendly with each other. That shit makes me happy. I love that growing up. Like my family always did a weekend barbecue where everybody came in and just like seeing everybody having a good time. That shit makes me happy. I think like loving people is something that I love to do. So when I see other people doing it, I don't know, it just fires me up. So really the camaraderie of the crew. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm lame. I'm not like, yeah, just the awesome athletics. No, I watch rom coms. <laughs> I think that's most people's answer. I bet. Yeah, listen, that that that's that's why I like it. To be honest with you, uh, we were talking the other day about somebody's jujitsu, and I'm like, man, fuck their jujitsu. They're funny. Talking about you know, Mike that, cooking that food back there on the grill and hooking us all up. Oh, Thanks, yeah. Mike. Appreciate listen, you. Shout yeah. out to Mike. Mike's hell yeah. <laughs> but but to me, I I I think that's that's 
the main reason why why I like it so much is because everybody's cool with each other. It's like you may be mm-hmm. chirping at each other, the competitors. I mean, yeah. you know, behind the scenes or whatever, trying to hype up the the the, the match or whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's cool. It's it's all in fun. Yeah, yeah. That, it's, it's funny because my buddy, uh, I think Thursday night we all went to the bars and. Uh, like me and Elijah and a couple other dudes were there. And um, my buddy, I was telling my buddy, like, oh, I was hanging out with Elijah at the bar. And he was like, oh, so like, y'all are cool now? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> he's like, Dude, don't y'all like hate each other? And I was like, I mean, he's not my friend, but like, I think we're super cool. Like, he's a cool guy. I don't, that's just like yeah. build up for the, I'm just trying to make a cool finale. Like if me and him yeah. make it to the finale and I have built all this up and he has built all this up, makes for a better show. I, I thought that you guys were playing it perfectly. Yeah. You know, you and, were. Yeah, you guys did. You, I hope, yeah, you guys. I hope Kamoy like, didn't think like we didn't think he could make it. I just felt like my idea in the beginning. I thought that me and Kevin could make it to the end. I was hoping me and Kevin got on the same team. I was hoping that we both made it to the finale and we could do the handsome belt rematch and the PGF thing. So, so you I, want that get back? Oh yeah, for sure. Always. <laughs> I, I was so upset when I had to go against Alex because I was going to put seven on Kevin real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh. Clip this shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's and good. so I had a whole play out because of me. Kevin made it to the finale and then I beat Kevin. Yeah. Then I was going to call out Reese Watkins for my pro debut because I can't find a fight. And Reese is his Reese is his student. That didn't, didn't, didn't work out because Kevin got hurt. So then I just yeah. switched, switched my vision was like, all right, Elijah's going to make it to New the target. end. Let's, yeah. Yeah, let's start talking shit about Elijah. Well, you know, it, it, it hypes up the the possibility of that being the finale, you know, yeah. and it gets people interested, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. real or not. You guys are chirping at each other and, yeah. you know, that's, oh, what's going on there? I mm-hmm. mean, your friend had the same reactions like, oh, you guys cool now? What's up? You know, I mean, you got to actually believe you can beat these guys. Oh, it's 100%. not, it's not, it's not, it's not bad for me to come in and be like, Travis, I think you're really good, but I think I'm better. And this 100%. is why. And, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever. And both of us believing that and saying that is actually going to help both of us get over. It's going to make the show get over. And versus a guy being like, he's trash. He sucks. He's not any good. And that just makes the show basically look like nobody's any good and stuff, too. So we want to we want to make everybody look like they are as good as they are. Make it excited. It, yeah. it is what it is. And listen, I lost because the guy that beat me was really, really good. That's yeah. why I lost. Not because any other kind of crazy stuff had to happen. It's like, yeah, I'm out here with the best guys and, and that's what's going down. So it's not adversarial in that way, but we definitely all want the same thing. And so yeah. you've got to go compete for it in, in yeah. a real way. I feel like the, the PGF does have dunkable people on on the season. That's kind of like the buildup of it. Like there's the dunkables, there's the mid guys, and then there's the guys that are going to get the dunks. And like Elijah said, the idea is how many guys are the how many guys that are supposed to be dunking are going to get the dunks. So like while there is some some people that aren't as good, I felt like this season had a had more of an average than like a dunkable guy. You know, there was like maybe two or three guys that it seemed like it was going to be easier match. But for the most part, most of the other guys were pretty damn good. So then it was like, okay, now who's not going to get drawn out? And I felt like that made that this season super exciting because the talent level seemed like it was a little bit higher. Maybe it was just because I was in it, but like it seemed like everybody in there was pretty game. No, no, it was right. it was <laughs> definitely <laughs> higher. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, not only that, man, but this is part of the thing of pro sports, right? It's like we might have the Kansas City Chiefs, 
but we're going to have a team like the New York Giants that are just straight ass this season, right? Like, it's not that they're bad. They're at the pro level. It's just it's just not their season. So they might have moments where they're getting dunked on, right? Like, it just happens. Sure. It's part of the pro sports. For sure. How, how did you handle that? I mean, the, the whole media part of it where somebody's got a mic in your face, you know, a camera in your face. Oh, hey, hold on. Yeah. Yo, I, I love the – You love the yeah. – Yeah, representing level, it was great. Yeah, so, awesome. I, I mean, did, did did that like throw you off a little bit, or we're like, nah, man, I'm just gonna have fun with this shit. Yeah, no. Um, so when I first started doing my my uh, martial arts journey, I really sucked behind the camera. Every time I got on the mic, I just didn't have good things to say, and I would just be like, my coaches are the best. I love my coaches, and that was pretty much it. Which is not bad. I do love my right. coaches, and I do give all the like without Scaff and Brandon and the squad, I would not be where I am. Who knows? Maybe I do all right, but like this is where I'm supposed to be for sure, and this is why I'm getting the best growth that I'm getting. Uh, so me and Scaff actually started the podcast, and we haven't been doing good, but for a while we did pretty pretty good on it, uh, and that helped me start to talk in front of the camera, and then. Brandon started talking about like, hey, man, if you want to make it big in this, you're going to have to start doing like you need a presence on social media. So that started a little bit more. And then I've been giving private lessons to Grayson Webster and he's been doing footage for me. So like now I've been in front of the camera more. And then my biggest thing was when I came into the PGF, I knew I wasn't going to learn like much jujitsu there it's the competition you've already learned everything you need to learn about this it's time to show out what i did know was i was going to be around you guys people that understand the sport or understand the social media part like uh zoltan or like uh keelan and brandon or you guys right here everybody i knew that i can gain a lot of information about social media and how to work so Every time I came in, I just try to migrate to the to the mic, the Zoltan, the brand, and, and listen to what they were saying about the social media and how we need to work that. And I feel like I was comfortable with the cameras on me, but now I've I understand how to use the social media a little bit more, and I feel like I gained a lot from that. Right on. I mean, I, you know, when when we started doing the the podcast and we we're doing the fantasies, you know, not not everybody was used to having somebody talk about them. Ain't that yeah. right, Stephen? No, nah, people have been talking about me for a long time. They just never, y'all just weren't used to people coming and knocking on your door about shit you had to say. Yeah, yeah, Steven's the man, dude. <laughs> oh, man. I want to point out, I want to point out that that comment was not made by me, by the way. Like, accountability. No, I saw your name on the top of the article. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, fuck that. Listen, I try to stay away from all that. I don't. I try not to make comments about anybody or who I think is going to win because I want to be cool with everybody. At the end no, of the day, it's, honestly, it's true. I really don't give a shit who wins because I, I just want you all to have a good time. Yeah. You know, if we're all there having a good time, you know. The season I was going there, I knew that there was five or six of those guys that could probably submit me in the right situations for sure. The, just... I didn't expect everybody else to really think I was going to be as good as I was or, or whatever it was. I didn't know everybody would know who I was even hardly uh, kind of coming out there and stuff. Uh, but definitely the, the, the big thing was, you know, we've talked about it and it's all jokes and stuff, same thing now or whatever. And it wasn't really anything then, but it's definitely as a competitor, as somebody who takes what they do very serious, you know, being called something like lethargic or unexciting or, just any, you know, anything that you think you're not, 
as a competitor, it definitely stings in a certain way. And, and, and if you can deal with that, then, then use that in the right way and try to, you know, show everybody the difference when, when you get the chance, or, you know, you can just shrink from it and be like a little petty kid and, and whine, whine, whine about it. Just step in there, show them what's up and, you know, keep moving on. Uh, I, I, I tell you what, is. I tell you what, Egghead fueled my fire for sure. And I don't think that Egghead was like, had anything against me, but it seemed like every time my name brought up, Egghead was like, well, the stats aren't there, boys. And I was like, I'm going to motherfucking show this dude where the stats are for sure. I know when I watched the, the draft that panned over to them and <laughs> they said, Egghead, what do you think about that? And Egghead said, overpaid. And I said, okay. So I don't know, <laughs> right, right after my first, I think right after my second submission or I think it was after my second submission, I tried to get in the camera and say, who's overpaid now, egghead? <laughs> Listen, I will say this, underpaid. Underpaid, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, sure. You know, uh, and I think a lot of you guys ha had a really healthy attitude uh, about it this season. Who didn't have a healthy attitude? Tell me. Yeah, I was saying that like, like the, the, every, every time people kind of said the same sort of thing, like, hey, egg, egghead, I'm, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like, perfect, man. That's what I want. I, I want yeah. you, you know, to, to use that. And, 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 you know, I want you to prove me wrong. I like, like Wallace said, I, I wish everyone could get every submission possible. I mean, uh, we, we generally, we do, we love everyone that's part of the PGF. I mean, we talked about before everyone, it, it, it's all love. Um, but, you know, part, part of, the experience is, you know, if I am doing a fantasy analysis, uh, not everyone can win every match. It's 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 impossible. Correct. So yeah. you you have to say, okay, this is you know, looking at the footage, what I have available to me. Here's what I think might happen. Here's who I think, you know, you should go pick up and put on your team. And here's who I'm like, no, I don't think so. Uh, and that's that's what you got to do. Like like you said, I mean, there's there's some people that are pretty dunkable, and there's a lot of guys that are just like, man, I don't, I just don't know. Uh, like Landon Tourville came out of nowhere. I mean, mm -hmm. that dude has no footage. I mean, before PGF season five, I couldn't find anything uh, with him. I mean, in, in, in yourself, I mean, I saw you beating the heck out of people, not 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 doing jiu jitsu. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I mean, you know, a, a limited sample size. I mean, you have to make your estimates upon what you have. Uh, but but definitely, you you and Landon both were were the breakout stars. No no question. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's out there, but uh if you were able to find it, my first jujitsu competition, I did a quintet with me. Was it a quintet? I guess it was a quartet. It was four of us. It was me, yeah. Sawyer, uh Evan Evan, no, it was five of us. It was four of us. Me, Sawyer, Evan, and Josh Dodario. And uh we had we had three team matches. The first one I subbed all four people. The second one, I subbed the last guy, and then the third match for the finale, I subbed two dudes and drew one one guy out to the finish. So, if you could have seen that, maybe you would have changed your perspective on me. Well, but that's one day, right? It was I mean, also it was whoa. also a blue belt it was also a blue belt tournament that yeah. I have been, I've been training for three months. I I, I got you, but so, that's still one of the That's a, a thing too, kind of like in a way that we're talking about here that is is interesting. And you know, I just thought about it right now. But uh, getting over that kind of stuff is a it, it's been a process too, you know, in a way. And like I said though, like I will ask what a person's saying uh, about in certain ways because when I was a brown belt, uh, Brandon was doing a lot of commentary. Then he was really just starting to get out there a little bit. And so I had done the honored invitational and he had commentated that one and it wasn't my best 
tournament. I made it to the finale and, and lost to, you know, Adam Sachinoff, which was, you know, I was, he was great. He is great. So, you know, obviously I was pissed, but whatever. It, it is what it is. But then he came out to uh, San Diego and did the tournament that, that Boogie was doing, Ultimate Matt Warriors. And during one of my matches, when I went back the night after and went to watch it, uh, he was talking. You know, he was just doing commentary, but he called one of the things I was doing. He's like, he's got a, he's just using this white belt side control, and he said it more than one time. And I was like, what the does he mean that I'm <laughs> white belt side control? I'm I'm I'm, I'm a, almost a black belt, I think. Like I, I, Jesus Christ, like and it really bothered me. So the next day, he was in, at the school doing a seminar. And so I just went up and I asked him, what, what did you mean by that? Cause like, I literally, I didn't know. And like, I knew he wasn't trying to necessarily be disrespectful, but he was saying something. Right. And so that gave him the opportunity to explain that he was just talking about the way that I was using that is like the first side control that you use when you teach people side control is like, it's just the first one. I didn't mean that you are a low level side control player i was just saying yeah. you were holding that first position and i was like oh my god yeah that as as <laughs> okay. competitor when somebody somebody says something it goes straight to the ego for sure mm-hmm. yep, while he wasn't it. saying anything about your technique you were Nothing like white, white belt what who the fuck i was ready to fight yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a whole seminar on like you know garbage. he taught a whole seminar he did he taught the whole seminar yeah, on like, not like, using like, that questions he was like yeah you dream Oh, uh, so last night you said white belt side control. Can to explain that? No, this was before the seminar, and then he taught okay. the seminar about all that stuff. So I was like, I appreciated that, and that's that's when I started really like messing with Brandon really heavy after that because it made a lot of sense what he was saying, and I understood not necessarily the criticism or whatever, but just the way that things are. Sometimes people are calling what they see, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything bad about you as the person. It's, it's just what they see going on during a match or during like egg had watched a video of me not being very spry for some reason. I don't know what he saw, but there there's definitely bad performances out there. Most of the performances I had online are the bad ones. Cause I don't, I didn't post a lot of the stuff. So you'd find the ones that like the promotions had put out where I got beat by somebody else or whatever it was. And so that, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of those out there, but there's also, about eight or nine TKO videos floating around somewhere too. Oh, that you yeah, right. see. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody's got to do the job. Somebody do does, man. About it. Um, but that's Listen, fine. I, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, we're, we're, this is just new. I mean, so there's not going to be a large pool of footage out there from from a lot of competitors, you know, <laughs> unless you compete like every freaking week. And you're posting all your videos. Yeah. It's, right now, it's going to be hard to find footage on you know some of these guys that are competing yeah. in the PGF. For sure, for sure. I mean, but that's also kind of the the target audience we want for the PGF is, is those you know are are those up and comers. I mean, we want we, we want the people that are hungry. We want the people that are they're right. they're willing to like you know come back with their shield or come back on it. That's 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 the type of of, of competitor like yourself, Travis. That that we really want, and it makes it exciting. Uh, you know, all, all the guys that are worried about their egos and worried about, oh, what if I get, you know, submitted? Is that going to hurt me, you know, and, and my brand? No, all right, they, they can keep that. Uh, yeah. we, we want the people that are hungry like yourself. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, Elijah coming into it, everybody thinks he's going to win. So if somebody comes out who's not supposed to win and beats Elijah, that makes the show way better. Even if everybody wants mm-hmm. Elijah to win, you always want, yeah. like, when the underdog wins, it just feels good for the common common guy. It's like, for mm-hmm. some reason, everybody's like, damn, that could be me. That could be me right there. Did you see yourself as the underdog at any point? Um, I felt like I was seen as the underdog. I felt like uh, I think... Um, and I think it is just a competitor mindset, but I don't think anybody can beat me until they do. I think, uh, and then they'd have to do it again, right? A hundred percent. Because if they beat me once then I would just, it would be, I messed up somewhere and I know where I messed up and we'll run it back. Listen, I'm, I'm ready to go back. I went and sparred with, the extreme couture and I think it was in March and I, I went and sparred with the guys. I got to spar with Sean Strickland and he beat the shit out of me. And, uh, I promised I, he's not ready for me to come back. I don't care if he has the strap or not. He's not ready for me to come back because I'm going to give him that work. 100%. So, I mean, I, I said it at the beginning, like you look so confident. And, and right now you're still, again, super confident. Mm-hmm. Where's that all coming from? I mean, are you doing anything as far as like men- I, I know a lot of athletes do like mental stuff. Are you mm-hmm. doing any of that stuff or, um, or is I that feel just- like. I kind of, I've, the way that I've lived my life, I have kind of built myself into the person I am today. Obviously, that's how everybody does. But uh, I also, with like, without just like, how much I, like in martial arts, I have gained some confidence. Uh, I train a lot with tons of people. I always go to different gyms uh, to train. I like, I go to Nashville MMA whenever their fighters are having fights, they call me out there to come spar with their guys. Torres Finney calls me out. He called me out for his, when he did the Dana White contender series, uh, Trevor Peak did the same thing. Big Tuna does the same thing. Uh, Clay, Ma- Clay Mayfield called me out this weekend to come train with him and Dante Leon, uh, uh, Jacob Couch, and a couple other guys from Daisy Fresh. They asked me if I would come to train with them because they're getting ready for the Nashville Open. So, like, that's one confidence boost that they even call me to come and do it. But then when I come and train with these guys, I notice that I'm right there with them. Like, there's not many things separating us. They're not subbing, subbing me every round. Uh, we're having great rounds, and that's a huge confidence boost, too. So, like, going and, contr- and competing with all these other guys is helping me. I noticed that when I was in the gym and, like, even if I was winning all my rounds in my gym, it still didn't feel I, – I couldn't tell if it was, like, these guys are letting me win, if I'm doing good things, or maybe I'm just better than these guys in my gym. But going out and checking around, like, all these other places, I go train in 10th Planet Vegas, all these other places, I and I feel just fine in there. And I feel like that's where I've gained my confidence. Right on. Nice. Yeah. So and it's do, awesome. you, do, you, do you prefer punching people in the face or strangling them? Uh <laughs> Man, I I love fighting. I uh, especially training. I'm not a mean guy. Like I don't. When I go to fights, I don't really like want to hurt nobody. I I never want to hurt no one. That's not. I love people. Uh, so like that's one thing that kind of sucks about fighting is like I understand that I got to go in there and beat the shit out of somebody, and I I'm cool with it. I just don't like it that much. If that makes sense. Uh, but jujitsu, I feel like is super fun because it's not as intense. But, like, I would say training-wise, I love sparring, like MMA training. Uh, Competing-wise, I love jiu-jitsu. I also love that I can compete in jiu-jitsu four times in a night or three times in a month, and, you know, and I don't have to worry about something. Well, once you become a pro, because it's going to happen, mm-hmm. eventually you, you, you'll get that pro fight. Yeah. Are you going to stick more towards the MMA route 
or are you going to be mixing it up? You know, I'm gonna do, getting us willing. I'm going to do whatever they want to pay me for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, if, I, I, I've mentioned that to some guys. It's like you, you guys are technically price fighters, you know, that's 100 percent what I am. Whoever, whoever pays you the most money, you know, that, that's where you go. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys, it's like UFC, UFC, UFC. Yeah. But what if one championship pays you double? Yeah. You know, sure. are you mm-hmm. are you yeah. are you going to pass that up? Never. What about I, WWE? I, I'm WWE, too. Woo! Oh, what's, what's up? You, you watch pro wrestling? I used to. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. All right. But I think I think that's you know, and not just because of either you did or didn't watch it either, but there's just an avenue of that now. I think where guys can can do it, and there is a lot of crossover where jujitsu grappling they're blending some of that in for the last several years into that and uh, learning how to work the mic, having a big personality, being enjoyable, or also learning how to be the bad guy in a way and accepting that the booze are also cheers. Uh, that's, that's, that's priceless in that world. So, uh, yeah, man, like you said, getting paid. I think that was a thing that we weren't really as into back in the day. We were all trying to be honorable warriors and, you know, martial arts, this, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm so glad that I did all that because it taught me a lot about being a man that I didn't really know, uh, at that point. So yeah. that, that all was great, but we definitely didn't get as much into the making money part of it as, as athletes when yeah. we were younger. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to be one of the one of the best martial artists in the world. Like, I want to for sure be known as when people talk about martial arts, they speak about Travis Thomas. So, like, I do want to make make an impact in the competitive scene. But whether that is beating somebody up with my fist, choking them out, slapping them, bare knuckle MMA, uh, it doesn't. It honestly doesn't matter to me. I'll do any of it. I, I want to like go to. A, I want to try to win a cha- a world championship whatever that is. I mean, my, my dream is to win the 185 pound strap, 205 pound strap and the heavyweight strap. I would love to be a triple champ. I think my body fits good enough to where I could potentially do that. I don't think that it is an insane goal. I think that it's a hard goal and it just depends on how much I want to work for it. Uh, and then I want to, I want to coach. I want to, I want to build up an athlete. Uh, I would like to find an athlete who's kind of like me in the sense of he understands the game a lot, but I would like to find an athlete more like Christian that wants to go out there and beat the shit out of people. <laughs> and if I could find somebody with both of those, I think that I could make a dangerous person. So you mentioned to us uh, before, uh, but, but, but what's next for you? What's, what's the next couple things uh, on your plate? Um, I have the PG or the uh, 10th planet qualifier for the 185 pound combat jujitsu Uh that would be next weekend, next Sunday. And that's then in, uh, LA? That's in LA at, at headquarters. Yeah. Hell and then okay. p- potentially me, Matt Elkins, and Nick Soft or whatever his last name is are Soft. supposed to do. Yeah. Are we're supposed to do a 3v3 tournament December 3rd. Oh, nice. Yeah, where I at? I have no clue. It was Nick's. <laughs> Wherever they pay me to go. Yeah. I just got to send them 50 bucks. So. <laughs> Uh, and then, like I mentioned, I don't know if it's 100%, but it's potential that me and Elijah have a match at the beginning of next year. Nice. All right. I, I mean, is his foot broken? I, I mean, 
Oh, it's, it's broken for, for sure. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen the X-ray, but that bitch is broke. I don't know if he's broken, broken, but he's definitely he took an injury, man. And like, with all respect, like not talking shit on the dude in any kind of way. Like it looked nasty the way it was, and he's he's eating it. He's t- and see, he's taking it like a champ in the social media realms on this one too. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that was a, a a match that he really wanted to be able to win again, and and mm-hmm. he, he spoke about the the first match they had publicly you know and so they that kid really wanted to get that one back on him too uh, so props props to elijah for going out there and taking it like a man on, on all fronts you know mm-hmm. yeah, uh, sure. elijah right plays on. the game he, he's a true professional mm-hmm. uh you know he, he's completely accepted that the, the booze are cheers uh mean you, you start booing he just looks over and smiles uh he, he's i think he's a lot of fun I mean, again, uh, true i think i think the worst thing that you could do is if you're trying to hype people up or make him not like you is, is not get a reaction from anybody mm-hmm. yeah. you know because yep. because somehow what you're doing is just not working mm-hmm. it's like people people sense when people are being disgenuous you know they're not being real whatever Bro. they don't like that shit that's what I was trying to tell people during. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. Like during some of the announcements at the church and stuff, I'm like, please, somebody, like, get hype for these guys, even if it's not the guy that you want. Yeah, like, yeah. like cheer at least a little for me, please. Like, just it doesn't yeah. have to be for the athlete. Then just like cheer for your boy, so I can get hyped up because it makes <laughs> me feel like I suck when it's just like and nobody's happy. Yeah, <laughs> here's Travis. Cricket, cricket. It's the mantis, not the cricket. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, part of it also is like you know we we started at at four p.m. Central Time on on Monday, uh. So so you know people got to work, uh. And, and so just you know it, it's amazing. It, it's so much footage for all the fans, uh. But but that's also a tough time. Uh. Kept, and but it was also it made sense because we started at four p.m. and we're out like right before nine or right after nine every night. Uh. That was pretty grueling. Yeah. And I feel like the PGF emphasizes more on the live stream. Uh, like it's a, it's a, it's honestly almost a better show on the internet because of the live chat and the commentators and you still get to hear Bobby, both of them on the, you know, on the live stream, it, it would be cool in person, but it seems like the lot, like the live stream is what feeds the PGF for sure. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely an online product right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, even NFL games. Because uh, mm-hmm. when I live, lived in, in New Orleans and I love the Saints. Uh, but honestly, uh, I, I enjoy watching games more at home uh, because, because you can see everything. You can see the stats. You, you can hear, you said, the, the commentary. Um, you can grab your phone while you go to the microwave. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're actually in the in, in the Superdome and, and you, you, know, you basically have to have uh, – uh, you know, earplugs on before or else you're going to go deaf. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. I think the online experience is amazing. I, I think that we, we really, truly do try to interact with the fans uh, at home and, and seeing them interact with each other. I mean, shout out to Kai Johnson because uh, he was really in the chat a lot, helping people out. Um, it was phenomenal. Hell yeah. Do you have any ADCC aspirations? I mean, yes. you like it. You like it all. Are you doing the trials or what? Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try to do the West Coast trials. I have to get my passport. You have to have your passport to compete in ADCC. So I just I, once uh, I get back from once I get back from California, I'm gonna really go back and try to figure out what the fuck happened with my passport and get that settled so I could do the West Coast trials. The only problem with ADCC is I hate the rule set. I don't I don't like uh, I don't like 
point idea. Five sub only, five points last, but yeah. Yeah, but you like choking people, and if you choke people, who gives a fuck about the points? It, exactly. I mean, that's that's my idea. Like, I am for sure gonna work on overtime, uh, and I might like do a little bit of wrestling going into it, but I'm not gonna try to change the way that I play. I don't. I Dude. I will still I'll sit guard in the ADCC if I need to. I don't care about the. Points. I'd say not not trying to like say anything about ADC stuff, but I would definitely suggest, and I know that you guys probably already have, and so not trying to overstep anybody, but the strategies for OT going mm-hmm. into these qualifiers because at HQ or the qualifiers, there's no striking during yeah, yeah. The, during the so it's a regular EBI style match where mm-hmm. a lot of the guys are going to keep that strategy where they may try to push you to the OTs just to mm-hmm. get through the tournament and stuff like that. So it becomes a really mm-hmm. big thing, uh, yeah. understanding just really uh, even like. In a in an MMA fight or whatever, you would you would not do a specific escape from the back because they'd end up with the guy mounted on top of you, start punching you in the face. Sure. Whereas an OT, it's like, please, if you mount me quickly, it's over. I just yeah. escape, and so yeah. you get a really fast turn on that kind of thing. So like the escapes become a little strategically different, where you can take a riskier type of escape that you would normally not like as a person uh, for OT only kind of strategy. So, so definitely, man, as good as you are, if you look into a couple of those little things, you, you'll definitely be a, a above the level on, on people who don't do that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so like when I went and did Midwest, Midwest finishers, that's how I lost. Uh, I lost my second match due to Renee Gachok in overtime. And me and Scaff broke down my overtime and what I was doing in all of them. And I think we found the problem and that's what I've been practicing this 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 week and what i'll be doing next week yeah i think it was just like a small error that i needed to fix i don't think it was like something big that i need to like train too much i just needed to understand what i was doing an awareness of something yeah what and that's and that's what i was saying generally like it's something like that is like you didn't realize you're letting them get some separation in a certain space or you're not particularly fighting the hands at the right time or something like that you know and these guys are just looking for that one opportunity some of them they know they couldn't get your back in in any other situation so they're saving for that yeah yeah for sure so i think uh i think i think we'll be good on the overtime i i'm obviously still gonna keep progressing my game but i think overtime is the only thing i really want to work on instead of like because i understand adcc like has the emphasis on wrestling but i hate I hate playing that kind of game. Like that's not the game. I don't want to win by points. I would rather lose by points, get subbed or get the sub. I don't really think winning by points is kind of something I want to do. I'll feel very unsatisfied with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like when I lost to Kamoy in overtime, I think it hurt more that it just was who held on the longest. Cause when I got choked out in overtime, it wasn't like, obviously I wasn't happy, but I was like, Oh shit. He won. Like he, finished, beat, yeah. Yeah, he won. I, he subbed me. I couldn't sub him game over. So. That's fair. Yep. Yeah. So, are you looking forward to a rematch with Kamoy too? Yes, I I think so. I don't feel like uh, I I don't know how much Kamoy competes still. I feel like I've heard him heard about him doing the PGF the two times, and I don't know if I've heard any more. Uh, Elijah, I feel like I I would rather go against him because he competes a lot more, and yeah. Well, come come always, you know, kind of Hold on, hold on. There was a little smile there. What's that smile for? It was, it was like Elijah. Me a, yeah. yeah, me and Elijah have uh, intertwined in personal life as well as jujitsu life. Okay. So, yeah, I would like a match against Elijah. <laughs> What are you I'm here for? About me? Hey, listen, I don't know anything except for I'm here for right now. I'm I'm ready. Listen, I, I don't know what's going on either, but hey, listen, I want to see it too. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's nothing crazy. Nothing. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, just little ego things, you know? Same, same. Uh, <laughs> I would yeah. I would grapple Elijah again, too, given the right opportunity, just just by the way. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, look at Bobby and, trying and, to get... And it's, I'm not saying I'm anything not, different would happen either. I just I'm the same way that that like you said earlier. It's like I just I just need to be proven it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, it, I don't know how much I should say or could say about this, but it's potential that that match is also CJJ. Whoa. Yeah. You know Which what? Don't say anything. Don't say anymore. Let the people yeah. you know start going wild with this shit. I'm already going wild. Yeah, me too. That's. <laughs> It's like, yeah, don't tell me anything else. Don't tell me anything else. I just want to, like, imagine it in my head. All right. We'll leave it at that then. <laughs> yeah. you That's exciting. Sorry. That is exciting, though, bro. And listen, props to you on everything, putting in the hard work. Nothing but good things about you from anybody that's around you in places about your work ethic, your attitude, how you treat your people, stuff like that. And you can hear how you speak about your coaches and the people around you mm-hmm. that, that it seems, you know, it's a genuine thing. It's not just like a, a an act that you put yeah. on. So uh, I appreciate that. And it's been really cool being around you and getting to know you and getting to hear more about like your takes and stuff. So I, I definitely appreciate your time, man. Absolutely, man. Same to y'all. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm a, a very, very honest person. So anything you ha- hear me say is going to be what I feel. Uh, I don't try to sugarcoat anything. I just sometimes it gets me in trouble. The truth I speak, but I feel like that's the best way to go about it. So definitely. Yeah, right on. Hey, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. I- I'm sorry. You had something for him. No, no, I think we're kind of wrapping up. I mean, uh, Travis, uh, obviously, uh, Meteoric Rise, uh, the fastest promoted uh, Purple Belt out of 10th Planet Decatur. Uh, every, everyone was talking about you. Uh, and, and, yeah, I, I said overpaid. Uh, but I, I was wrong. You proved me wrong. You proved anyone that doubted you wrong. And I think you're going to keep doing that. Um, Hell yeah. Underpaid. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, uh, I think that you'll be hearing my name a lot more here lately or here coming up. I, uh, I'm for sure going to try to stay as – as uh, active as possible anything that i see i'm gonna do i'm willing if y'all ever hear about anything let me know i'm willing to compete from jujitsu from 185 up and mma at 185 so no no question wants to run it let's do it dude you got you, you definitely have four big fans here uh no oh, question yeah. about it oh yeah well you i'm a fan of y'all as well so maybe any thoughts any final thoughts before we go Nah, man. I'm man just, I, i'm on the mantis train dog um <laughs> you know i'm about to go like Get a fake neck tat and stuff later. Yes. And, oh, yeah. Yes. I'm about it now, man. Bob. Bro, that would be so funny in the event if everybody comes out with a bunch of fake neck, like, neck tattoos and stuff. <laughs> oh, that's the fake ones. Yeah. Yeah. Just boop. <laughs> that's funny. It, it, they just won't look as good on you, Miggy. That's all. Uh, yeah, no. uh, hey, I can only imagine, bro. I'm going out there doing this all the time. You know? yeah, like, what's wrong go. with this guy? I'm a fan, man. Yeah, show your tits. Yeah, show your we- tits. <laughs> <laughs> show your tits. Are you a butt spitter, bro? What's up? <laughs> I'm sorry, Brandon. I try. It's not live. It's not live. <laughs> Listen, and, and we're not going to cut it either. It's going on the podcast too. Listen, when I upload this shit, I put people, you know, I put it is explicit. So. Okay. No, yeah. no kids should be listening to this shit. Anyway. Like this, this was a previously recorded session. Since people are commenting, "Yo, why are you ignoring me?" <laughs> That's true. Yeah, put that up there. Uh, make yeah. it a premiere. I'll, I'll hop in the comments. It'll be great. Oh yeah, I yeah. forgot you could do that. Yeah, I'll do that later on. You know, when I'm when I'm done editing and stuff. But hey, where's all my clips uh, at? <laughs> 
Sorry, that's the other show. Sorry, my bad. I should have did that right there. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. I know you're busy. That's my ADHD just triggered up. Listen, like I've been, I've been doing all kinds of stuff, and I completely, I, I'll be honest, I completely forgot. You know, okay. I've been well, then definitely get back on my shit then. <laughs> yo, you know, yo, Dream definitely asked me all the seminar. Can you guys have any questions? Yo, what do you mean by white? Are my clips I- ready, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, dog. All right. Well, before we go, uh, Travis, any shout outs, you know, sponsors, anybody that you want to, you know, tell them that you appreciate them. Yeah, uh, man, my parents, first of all, my parents are super, super supportive. Uh, they don't always like financially have the way to support me, but they're always making sure that they're doing whatever they can to support me. Uh, I don't know if many people know, but I have five adopted brothers and sisters. So we got a big ass family and my parents are fucking fantastic the way that they've took care of us. Uh, and then I have a sponsor in California, Sugar Mama. She's uh she does sugaring. She's a skincare girl. She's awesome. She's super supportive. That was not exactly That's where awesome. I thought that was going. <laughs> no, it's it's Sugar Mama skincare. She uh like sugars people like waxing. Uh Tyrell Gray, he owns two companies, uh at G3 Solar, which is a solar company and a hunting auction company. Uh I want to thank 10th Planet Decatur for everything they do. Matt Scaff, he's a G, Brandon McCatherine. All you guys are super awesome. The PGF wouldn't be the same without you guys. So super supportive of you guys. And I know it's people think it's about the athletes, but you guys do a ton to make that shit happen. So that's fucking awesome. And it's a nice hoodie yeah, going. I think, yeah, X Marshall for this super rad hoodie. They sent me some training gear too. Whenever they I get that in, I'll put that on. Uh, Epic Roll, they're super dope. They're sending me some gear as well. Level. Sent me a little care package. Awesome. Um, New Hope Generation. Been in cahoots with them. So got some big things coming up. Stay tuned for the Mantis. I'll be putting on a show. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, tons of love for Mike from Subversive as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I also fucking forget a lot of things. But, yeah, Mike was super helpful this uh, the week of the PGF. So big shout out to him. He the man. yeah, he, he he made some awesome chicken, but at Bruh. the finale, not the, the day before the finale, he made this squash with goat cheese and cilantro and and some onions. Mm. Man, that shit was so good, bro. When I met him, I thought I was like, damn, they got a caterer. That's what's up. All right, we're talking about how, but how cool was that though? That Mike, the, yeah. the dude for the guy from Subversive, was out here just like, and he looked like a caterer. He didn't act like anything yep. other than a guy who was just part of the team, trying to help out, making sure everybody was taken care of and stuff. That, to me, when 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 I found out who he was and he was doing all that stuff, I was like, oh man, I just endeared him to me like really, really big time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shout out to Mike from Subversive. Uh, Egg, any final thoughts before we go? Hey man, PGF season five was phenomenal. Season six, March in Vegas, baby, Vegas. Uh, that's that's gonna be insane. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I I I still don't know what weight division they're doing. Weight class. Uh, what is it? I don't Five. Know. Oh, <laughs> he was like doing Vulcan stuff. I don't know what's going on. I was trying to think of a V symbol. I don't know. Uh, you were, I thought you were shouting out like Matt Elkins or something. I'm like, <laughs> right? Yeah. I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's where that came from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as we said, uh, season six, Vegas, baby, Vegas, March. Uh, that's it's gonna be a quick turn. 
that, that's only a handful of months away. Uh, Travis, are, are, are you down or are, are, are you all about it if they, they want oh, Mantis? thousand percent. If it's 185 pounds and up, sign me up. I can't go no lower than that, especially same day weigh in. So, yeah. I mean, but I'll, I'll compete up to heavyweight for sure. I'll show them boys I'm about it. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Hell yeah. yeah. Heavyweight. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, listen, uh, with that said, we're going to catch all you guys that are listening to this sometime next week, probably. Uh, we're probably going to stick to StreamYard. Uh, Riverside FM suck balls. <laughs> it, it shit the bed for real. With everything yeah, that he can better. Yeah, with, with oh. everything that he's supposed that he can do, it's shit the bed. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is crazy. Awesome. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next week, guys. Peace. Adios, muchachos.